When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Not all popular things are great, Joe. I mean, the New York Knicks are very popular. They didn't look great in game three. Boom. See what I did there? Yeah, I noticed that uh, you're coming in hot today, but you were at game three. It looked like it was a marvelous time. I mean, you can go to games and watch your team get blown out, and that can be a real bummer. But you, my friend, got to see a heck of a game in Miami on Saturday. Well, see it might be overstating it. I think I was in my seats for a total of like 20 minutes, uh, an absurd amount of money for those seats. Mind you, I took my four-year-old son, just me and my son, which was super adorbs. And obviously he has no idea how lucky he was that his first heat game ever was a playoff game and a playoff game against the New York Knicks, mind you, where the heat just took, took it to the Knicks. However, He was more interested in going to the team store. Mommy, I want a basketball. He was more interested in the popcorn. Very, very into the less into Jimmy Butler, more into the popcorn buckets than the actual buckets going on. So there was a lot of up and down, uh, a lot of time spent away from the seats. I was one of those people who got to the game in the second quarter. And I thought of you guys and all of my brethren here at ESPN because I left my Airbnb in downtown Fort Lauderdale at 1.30. The game was at 3.30. It is a 25-mile drive. I got to the game three hours in my seat after I had left my Airbnb. Three hours. Hours. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. I mean, what it was is the so issue? unbelievably is traffic miserable. Or is yes. it, were there accidents? No, traffic. I could have walked to Miami faster. 25 miles, three hours. It was that, it is that insane down there. It is that insane. Now, given this particular weekend that I decided it was a great idea to go to South Florida, you had Formula One in Miami. You had heat playoffs in Miami. You have Panthers playoffs in Miami and South Florida, you had all sorts. You had a sun fest going on. You had a concert I went to in West Palm. South Florida had like every event ever at the same time. So that did not help the situation, but I was definitely one of those people that you make fun of, that Harry Douglas makes fun of, that Kevin Winter makes fun of, that everyone at ESPN that I work with makes fun of for arriving late. Well, you know what? You won the game by 19 points. So Heat fans are in a situation up to one, four and a half point favorite tonight over the Knicks who have looked absolutely dreadful in this series. You guys are the ones calling the shots. It's getting harder and harder to mock Heat fans because let's face it. I don't think anyone's looked better than you in this current round. Lakers look good, but the Warriors are right there. Phoenix has evened up the series. Philadelphia has evened up the series. And there's the Heat just chugging along, handling their business. The only loss after two wins in this series by seven or more points, the only loss was game two where they had to fight tooth and nail to beat a Heat team that was without Jimmy Butler. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Butler was laughing on the sidelines as they did it. It was like he knew 
when I come back, y'all are in trouble. Like, sure, this is cute. I'll let you I'll let you have this one where you where you barely win in the final seconds against Caleb Martin and Max Struess. Wait until I'm actually back alongside those guys. And you're right, the Knicks have not had an answer for that heat team. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive protects your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, and RV, and could save you money. Visit progressive.com. Calm. Miami's defense has been excellent. Now that part dates back to the regular season. I think the Heat have really surprised a lot of people because we didn't look good for a lot of the regular season. In the play-in, we looked terrible. And then all of a sudden, this team in the postseason looks great. We know Jimmy takes it up another notch, but so have the other players surrounding Jimmy, particularly offensively. Defensively, you could have already seen this. Uh, This was already part of the game plan for the Heat defensively. That did stem back to the regular season, and now it's playing out in the postseason where in game three they held the Knicks to just 86 points 34 percent shooting in game three on Saturday that's really the bread and butter there and this was a game where they didn't have the crazy shooting from beyond the arc from Miami you didn't have the crazy offensive output from Jimmy Butler they still easily win the game I feel like I'm a little biased here but I feel like that's a good sign for the Heat that game set modern NBA offenses back 35 years that yeah. game was hideous. The Knicks were 34% from the field. They've played 90 games this season. That was their second worst shooting night of those 90 games. Miami was 38% from the field. They've played 90 games this season. That was their seventh worst shooting performance of the year. They combined the two teams from the three-point line to go 15 of 72, which, and yes, I've done the math, is 20%. So your son wanting to go check out everything but the game, he really didn't miss a whole lot. Offensively, (laughs) that is. Right. Offensively, he did not miss a whole lot. Now, both of these teams have certainly been bit by the injury bug. Jimmy Butler, by the way, still listed as questionable technically for tonight. I would imagine he's getting a go since he played in game three. The Knicks also are banged up. We know about Julius Randle. Jalen Brunson also looks banged up. Stephen A. Smith on first take says Randall, though, is the one that really needs to take his game to the next level. Over the last three postseasons combined, Julius Randall has the worst field goal percentage shooting of the 116 players with at least 100 field goal attempts. He's shooting 32.3%. That is unacceptable. The fact of the matter is this. When Julius Randall is shooting the ball well, don't you notice that everything else flows? When he's not shooting the ball well, everything falls apart. Ball movement is stymied. Spacing is compromised. Decision-making is poorer. Shot selection is poorer. It's all about him. Now, damn it enough. Jimmy Buckus is about to run y'all out of there. The understand he's not playing. The man is coming to take you out. And what you gonna do, New York yeah. Knicks? A very emotional Stephen A. Smith. Joe's was that Perk personal... trying to slide in there at the end? That was, well, I believe what was that, that was right Perk. at the end? That was Perk trying that, to slide? Perk, I, I back up. So. You're gonna I get dunked so. on, Perk. Back up. Your close personal friend, Stephen A. Smith. He seems a little bit uh, nonplussed, shall we say, about the performance of the Knicks and specifically Julius Randle. Randle's put together two double-doubles in this series. That's not to say Stephen A's wrong. He has been great on the glass. Miami is a team that struggles rebounding. 16 teams that made it to the playoffs, Miami ranks 12th in rebounding rate. So Randle's been eating. He's averaging 13 rebounds per game. 
but the scoring is where they need from him. I think he averaged something around 25 points per game. He had 10 points the last time out. He was something like 4 of 15, 5 of 15, 4 of 15, 26%, and he was always 0 of 5 from deep. I'll tell you something. Guys here in Vegas do like a bounce back from him tonight. So don't be surprised. Mm. Not saying the Knicks win. Don't be surprised if Randall has a decent evening tonight. Now I mentioned he's a little banged up, so it might make some yeah. sense there if you take that into account. However, he didn't play his best basketball in that Cleveland series either. You mentioned the rebounding there for the New York Knicks. They posted a rebounding rate over 50% in every playoff game this year, except just 44.6% of available boards they grabbed in game three against Miami. So certainly something that tapered off there in that game for the New York Knicks. Randall would go a long way in turning those things around. I'm going to hope it doesn't happen. That game is tonight. It tips off in just about 20 minutes from now. That game will, of course, be going on during Joe and Amber. We will keep you updated on that game. We're going to continue to look ahead to it. That's next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. My Friday night sounded like when I left Joe all by himself. Holding it down solo, but hey, shout out to you, Joe, for doing so. I appreciate that. I didn't know I was leaving you all by yourself on Friday. I thought you were going to have a co-host, but I heard that you did an excellent job there. Oh, I had options. I nixed a bunch of them. Let's, oh, let's really? be clear. I have, and you should <laughs> feel good about this. You <laughs> should feel good about this. I have extraordinarily high standards. Extraordinarily really? high standards. So you tell the bosses no when they suggest? <laughs> well, it's like we kick around some ideas and, you know, we go back and forth. There's a meeting of the minds. There's discussions. And then there's eventually, you know what? 
in the words of the great Bill O'Reilly, expletive, we'll do it live. So that's what we did. James Steele, the wheels of steel, deserves most of the credit. He kept, he kept the ship on the, tra- on the tracks, on the straight and narrow. I don't think a ship actually goes on track, so that doesn't make any sense. James, could you use your help here? Also, Inside that the was channel. A, also, that was a P uh, at the end of that uh, that word. Um, yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, sure. As in uh, uh, transportation lanes yeah, between Europe I'm just glad that you did not yeah. get Joe and Amber canceled. I, I'm just, no. uh, yes, you kept, you kept the ship afloat, and I am very appreciative of that. Also appreciative that I get to watch the Miami Heat basketball tonight. 7.30 p.m. tip-off. Tip-off here in just a little over 10 minutes between the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat for Game 4. We are going to get some expert analysis from the ground in Miami. Before we get to that, though, Joe's got some betting advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Let's do some accounting from the end of last week. The last show went one and two, minus 1.2 units. Not our best effort, but overall as a show, 103 victories, 89 defeats, plus 19.99 units. Two props, or I should say two bets, for the 7.30 tip time between the Knicks and the Heat. Number one, we're going to play over 208 total points. After what we saw in that last game, I can understand that nobody is going to be interested in betting it over between these two teams. We only got 191 points, which is 17 shy of what we need tonight. But New York was 34% from the field, second worst in 90 games this season. Miami was 38% from the field, seventh worst in 90 games this season. Regression to the mean. We're going to have more scoring. Pizza money number one is going to be over 208 points. Pizza money number two, Julius Randle plus 102 to record a double-double. Might sound crazy because he's not scoring a lot, but we only need 10 points from him for the double-double. His points prop is 23 and a half. Randle said at least 10 points in all but one playoff game, and the rebounding has been magnifique. 13 rebounds per game in two matchups with the Heat. So far in the two games he's played against Miami, he's had a double-double in both. So your first two pizza monies of the night, over 208 points in the Heat Knicks. Julius Randle, yes, to record a double-double, plus 102. I'm comfortable. I'm confident. I work extremely hard at my crowd. So Joe's confident that there's going to be more scoring tonight. You can't get much less scoring than was happening in that Heat-Knicks game in Game 3, particularly from the New York Knicks as the Heat won that one 105-86. to Nobody loves defense and a lack of scoring more than my former co-host in Miami, Jonathan Zaslow, host The Zaslow Show 2.0. You can find it wherever your podcasts are available. Zaz, no offense in that Game 3. You must have loved that so much. Oh, I, I love a good 90s Knicks heat struggle. I don't need the game to be, Joe, I don't need the game to be in the 70s, all right? But right. you give me a game where we're battling in the 90s, mid-90s, even high 90s. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go high 90s. I love a good battle in the fourth quarter where every possession is huge. It's beautiful from a diversity standpoint because Denver and Phoenix are shooting the lights out. Uh, The Lakers and the Warriors have hung some points. Philly and Boston's been one way. This is a very distinct and unique series unto itself. Two teams can't knock down shots. Very tough defensively. Health, uh, Health update from the Miami side. How's Jimmy Butler looking? What should we expect tonight? How's Jimmy? Jimmy's amazing. That's how he's doing. Jimmy's fine. They're all fine. I mean, you saw him. 
You saw him when, when, when you had the scuffle when Cody Zeller put Julius Randle on the ground. Because that's what you got to do in Heat next year. You got you to get in the series. And that's what Cody Zeller did. I'm part of this now. And Cody Zeller put Julius <laughs> Randle on the ground. You saw Jimmy Butler. He's spinning the basketball on his finger like he's a Harlem Globetrotter. Jimmy Butler's fine. They're good to go tonight. Come on. I think he might have been fine in game two when he was laughing on the sidelines as he yep. figured, all right, Knicks, I'll let you have one here against Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Uh, we'll make it a gentleman's sweep. Jonathan Zaslow, host of the Zaslow Show 2.0 podcast here on Joe and Amber. So, Zaz, who is the most important player on this Heat team not named Jimmy Butler or Bam? Okay, so, so here's what's been happening for this team so far in the playoffs. Jimmy's going to do his thing. And, and Bam quietly is doing his thing as well. So I'm totally confident about both those guys. But what the formula has been for this Heat team is they need two other guys to have big games, all right? And they've been getting that. Last game, the two guys were Kyle Lowry and Max Struess. Now, it's been tough getting back-to-back games in a row from the others, you know? And Kyle Lowry gives you, like, one good game out of three or four. So I don't expect it to be one of those two. So I'm looking at guys like Kevin Love, Cody Martin, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. They all performed very little on the offensive end in game three. So if they can get two of those four guys to put up double figures, that's been the formula for this Heat team so far in the postseason. I like Kevin Love and Duncan Robinson both to knock down multiple threes tonight. I think they're the two guys to go along with Jimmy and Bam this evening. What's the thought process in terms of how competitive this should be tonight? Have Miami fans already kind of checked out on this series, realizing that they're going to be able to handle their business? Are you looking ahead to the conference finals? We're, well, I don't know about looking ahead to the conference finals, but we're very, very confident, all right? Because here's the thing. This is not a normal eight seed. Now, technically, like, they're really not even an eighth seed. They're actually the seventh seed, but because they lost the first play-in, then they won the second one. But this is not a normal eighth seed. This is practically the same group that got to one basket away from winning the Eastern Conference Championship last year. They were the number one team in the East pretty much start to finish last year, and they had a really putrid and injury-prone regular season this year. So it's not as if they're an eighth seed that all of a sudden got hot and won a first-round series. This is not a normal eight seed. And I think that's how most Heat fans, like myself, are treating this right now, where I'm, I'm telling you guys, I don't see a scenario where the Heat do not win this game tonight. Zaz, I only have about a minute left, but obviously Cullen and I saw you at the Heat game on Saturday. After that, we went to the team store, and Cully wanted me to buy him a jersey. He kept wanting the Kyle Lowry jersey. I said no. He threw a temper no. tantrum. I said no. I got him a BAM no. jersey. How proud yeah. of you? How proud of you are you of me? Sometimes as a parent, you have to put your foot down with right and wrong, and that's one of those occasions. So that's a good job out of you, Amber. <laughs> good job out of me, even though Kyle Lowry has been doing a good job for us in this postseason. Jonathan Zaslow, he is the host of the Zaslow Show 2.0, available wherever your podcasts are available. Thanks, Zaz. Joe, make sure you get Amber's thoughts on Bad Bunny from Saturday night. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Bad Bunny was fantastic. That's an excellent point. Bad Bunny stole the show. An amazing match in Puerto Rico for Backlash. Surprised we didn't lead with that.
just uh, impressed that Zaslow knows who Bad Bunny is. So Zaslow is uh, very down on Kyle Lowry. There's a lot of Heat fans over the course of the regular season who were tremendously frustrated with Kyle Lowry, like tremendously. And it was a contract that none of us thought, you know, you could do anything about. In the postseason, he's been good. In this series in particular, he's been hugely helpful. Still was not going to allow Cullen to go down that path. Does it make it worth it to Heat fans to have that much frustration but to see it pay off in the playoffs? If he is that worth it to people? Yeah, if he continues to be able to produce like this, I mean, it doesn't have to be night in and night out, especially considering where he's at in his career. But yes, if he can have those games where he ends up being a key contributor, then I do think it eases the pain of what looked like a very horrendous, the rare horrendous deal by Pat Riley. Coming up next, is it a bad thing that Justin Fields' coaches are saying he looks better this offseason than last? We'll get into it. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe and Amber at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him on social at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. I just got a DM from somebody very upset that we tease Justin Fields getting better this offseason than last. Is it a good thing? This person said, are you running out of things to talk about? At ESPN, I said, it's a tease, bro. Calm down. Stay tuned. You have to stay tuned, and maybe you'll find out why (laughs) that, in fact, was the tease. But, James, you did get somebody worked up there with your tease. James Steele writes most of our teases on this show. (laughs) If you didn't know, I'm just Ron Burgundy over here. If you're you're mad, stick around and listen and be even more mad later. Yes, uh, absolutely. That is our goal here. I don't care. I I don't care either. As long as you just listen, listen. none of us care. As long as you listen, please just listen. I I care a bit. I would like to say that I wished it was a nice little community amongst all of us where we could be friends and have some reasonable disagreements. But if it's going to be the hate listen that gets us the ratings, I. Guess I'm I mean, I'd like most people to love us. I really don't get many haters. And I feel like in this business as a woman, that's weird. So, like, I don't know what that says about me. Like, I, I almost feel like maybe I should have some more. I don't know. Maybe I'm not controversial enough. Let's see if we can make things more controversial here. Sound on, sound off. It's make they said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Devin Booker, he's been incredible in the playoffs so far, averaging about 37 points, seven and a half assists through the Suns' first nine postseason games. He's been so good that Kendrick Perkins compared him to a Hall of Famer. Devin Booker has been and is the best player in the playoffs. Okay, when you talk about getting buckets at a high level, when you talk about dominating the game the way that he's been doing, right now, D-Book is number one in transition points, number one in points on drives, number one in points on pull-ups in mid-range, number one in isolation points, and he's shooting 61% from the field for the entire postseason. I haven't seen a player have a run offensively and be this efficient 
ever. And I was born in 1984. He's a younger version of Kobe. And if anybody disagree with that, they out of their damn mind and they haven't been watching basketball. James Steele. Yeah, Joe, so do you agree, disagree with that? Uh, and also, what, what are your thoughts on Booker's postseason? Uh, so it's far? been, I, I don't know what to say. What him and Durant are doing, and the, the thing is, he's showing up, Kevin Durant. That entire clip you heard from Perk was all about how great Devin Booker has been right next to Kevin Durant, who's having an incredible postseason as well. But it pales in comparison because Booker will not miss. Yes, I would agree with that. There have been several players who are making the case that they are the best player of the postseason right now, but there's been some misses. With Booker, there do not appear to be misses. He has been incredible. What they're going to need is the bench to step up when they go back to Denver, or it's going to be see you later when it comes to the playoffs because the stars have all shown out, but it's the role players who need to step up, and the role players have been the ones determining this series. Is the Suns team playing faster without CP3? Much faster. It's strange to say. It feels like it's working a little bit better without him out there. Certainly the chemistry has been building between KD and Booker. This was the first time two teammates each recorded at least 35 points, five rebounds, and five assists in consecutive games, regular season or playoffs here between Durant and Booker. Booker has now scored 331 points during the postseason. That's the most by any player through nine playoff games since Michael Jordan did it back in 1990. Obviously, he's awesome. I mean, what else do I say? He's been awesome this postseason. And it's even more impressive now that KD is also alongside of him putting up these awesome performances as well. They're able to share the basketball. They're able to both put up historic numbers. It's a very fun team to watch now that they've got it going a little bit more. We'll see what happens with that series. Bronny James announced on Instagram that he had committed to USC to play basketball, bringing us one step closer to whether or not he'll eventually play in the NBA with his dad. Goodness. We're going to, we're going to, we're, we're doing this for the next year, huh guys? Like we're, this is what way we're doing more than a year. year. This is going to go on forever. Ugh, will this teams- is your new Aaron Rodgers watch. Will teams be more inclined to draft Bronny to try to get LeBron to play for them? Here is Myron Medcalf on Sunday morning. 100%. 100% you will do that. And, and a team will do that for the opportunity to have LeBron James in the later years. Listen, I think LeBron James can be a really good player into his early 40s, right? Like we're seeing what he's doing now. He's definitely not that LeBron. He, he's aging before our eyes. But him next to Bronny? And all the attention that comes with that, yeah, I think a team is willing to do that. Now, Bronny is not the guy from a couple years ago where it was like, oh, he's pretty raw. Um, He's a really good defensive player. He's very strong. He's smart. He has all those intangibles. He's just not 6'8". I mean, there aren't many 6'3 guys who don't have, like, this dominant skill set who make it to the next level. And I think that's going to be the thing he has to overcome. But the the polarizing moment of this, there are going to be people who love Bronny at USC. They're going to watch every game. There are going to be people who say he's overrated. He's only getting this attention because of his father. Uh, personally, I'm excited that he's going to go to USC instead of, you know, anyway. I mean, college basketball still is, you know, the second biggest platform you can play on. Amber, if you were the GM of an NBA team, would you draft Bronny when he's eligible just for the chance to have a late uh, career LeBron come and play in your town? Not unless Bronny is a good NBA prospect and that still remains to be seen I mean no I don't believe I think that part of this is LeBron 
trying to raise his son's stock and what parent wouldn't do that for their kid. But you heard Myron just reference his height there with Bronny James. There's a lot of questions. He's obviously a very good player coming out of high school. He ain't LeBron James coming out of high school, right? Like he's not that kind of odds on favorite. He's not even the best player on USC. At least we think he's not supposed to be the best player on this USC team. That's supposed to be Isaiah Collier who comes in as the number one ranked recruit in the entire country. So although Bronny James is getting all the headlines is actually Isaiah Collier choosing USC. That's, from a basketball perspective, a bigger story. I do think that, of course, having LeBron on your team brings in the marketing dollars. It brings in some money. I think that only goes so far, Joe. The reality is, if he's not a good NBA player, then I'm not sure it's going to sway the hearts and minds to that degree. I don't think you become, in other words, a lottery pick just because your dad's LeBron James. I think that there's probably a little bit more to it than that. And maybe there will be. He may end up being incredible at USC. USC is a great choice and an obvious one because his dad plays for the Lakers and it's going to be smart to stay near your dad. Stay near him. Keep getting his advice. Keep getting his counsel. You really can't ask for a better mentor if you're a young guy trying to make it in college hoops. As to whether or not teams are going to be interested because of his dad, yes. But it depends on the type of team. The Warriors during their dynasty run? No, they didn't need that. A smaller market team that doesn't have a lot going on that could use the PR? Portland, Charlotte, Orlando, teams like that? Yeah, I could absolutely see them getting in the mix because that makes them relevant. Some of those teams, Orlando's been irrelevant for years. I also think a young team that's on the bubble ready to pop, like Cleveland, for example, that would be a team that would be interested as well. Now, I know LeBron has been to Cleveland twice. I'm just using them as an example. Young team, lots of talent, could probably use some veteran leadership to put them over the top. I mean, they might be too much talent. That's, I think, the problem with a team like Cleveland. Or in other words, like they don't necessarily need, I, again, and we'll see what LeBron looks like and what Bronny looks like when we even get to this story. But don't you worry. I'm sure we'll talk about it many, many more times before <laughs> that. But projecting ahead, I don't know if Cleveland, in other words, is going to need those additions to get over the hump. They might need something else. A team like Orlando, like that's an interesting thought process, those sort of markets, but those sort of markets often are picking a little bit higher in the draft as well. So you're probably not going to go out on a limb and waste that draft pick on Bronny again, unless he's a great player. We'll just see where all the chips fall. I mean, really, this is all 10 steps ahead because none of us know how good Bronny James is going to be in college. Bears coach Matt Eberflus praised Justin Fields' offseason progression last week, saying he's made really big strides as a passer. But how good could Fields actually be in 2023? Dan Orlovsky has lofty expectations. I think Justin Fields plays MVP-level football. Wow, now, really? Justin's not going to win MVP because their team will not be good enough, mm. but he is going to be in that conversation. They had the number one pick in the draft this year, Chicago, okay? That tells you how bad this roster was. They traded out. They were in games last year only because of Justin. But Ryan Poles, their general manager, we have to give a little bit of a love shout-out to. A year ago, this was the worst situation in the NFL for a quarterback to be in. Now, it's pretty good. This offensive line is much improved. The addition of Nate Davis, Darn Right, they drafted. Tevin Jenkins is going to kick down and play guard. So they've got some Braxton Jones who they draft. That's a good front. Cole Komet. So his starting three receivers this year are DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, and Darnell Mooney. All right, Joe. Orlovsky says Fields will play at an MVP level, but the Patriots said this type of thing about Mac Jones last season, how impressed they were with his progression. So does that same type of praise for Fields worry you at all about Fields? 
No, because if you're if it's coming out of the Bears camp, they're going to do everything they can to hype him up. They want to build up his confidence. They want to make sure he knows that they believe in him and they want to do everything they can to keep it positive, keep it moving in the right direction. So I'm not too worried about the verbiage. I think it's too much. I would not say that he plays at an MVP level. He's only completing 59% of his passes through his first 27 NFL games but he hasn't had many weapons. He took way too many hits last year. He was sacked 55 times, and that doesn't include the shots he takes when he's running the ball. So he's going to need to stop stop taking so many big shots, avoid contact, and get better in the passing game. The Bears are doing a nice job of putting the team around him. I think the MVP stuff is two years away if you really want to get into it. This year, there are still going to be some growing pains. I adore Olofsky. He is a content machine for us. Does he think that there's a quarterback that's not going to be an MVP? I mean... Dan loves himself every quarterback in the league. And it, very it feels positive. like he's very positive when it comes to all these quarterbacks. I think that's a bit too lofty for Justin Fields. I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. I just tend to agree with Joe. He doesn't have the team around him to elevate him there, which Orlowski obviously alluded to as well, saying he's not actually going to win an MVP. I do think that you're going to see a phenomenal season, though, just from individual perspective from Justin Fields. Because I frankly felt like we saw a good first half of the season from Justin Fields from an individual perspective when he was in sewer around him I mean he was just in a sea of sewer and he still was able to float to the top and show us that he has some semblance of talent to be able to do that on that team with that lack of weapons and protection around him I think as this team continues to improve he certainly will continue to elevate Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance coming up next here on ESPN Radio Nikola Jokic will not be suspended after getting physical with the Suns owner this weekend but should he have been? We'll get into it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Okic will not be suspended for game five against the Phoenix Suns. That series will not be decided by a suspension, but he probably could have been. We'll get into our thoughts and whether we think he should have been that right after Joe has a little bit more pizza money for you. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Let's go to the ice. 8.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. Game three between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Over six and a half goals. No need to overthink this one. Edmonton's power play, if you haven't been paying attention, is essentially what meets you at the gates of hell. 56% is their conversion rate. Now, you might be thinking, foreign ball, that doesn't help me at all. I don't know what a good conversion rate is. Glad you asked. Last year, Stanley Cup champion, the Colorado Avalanche, in the postseason, led everybody in power play conversion rate. They did it at 32%. Edmonton is at 56%. They're basically scoring at will. Eight playoff games the Oilers have played this year. Those games are averaging 7.6 goals per game. The fewest goals scored in any Edmonton game, these things are all shootouts, was five this postseason. So pizza money number three, Edmonton, Vegas, over six and a half goals. That's the owner of the Suns, and he knocks the ball out of Joker's hand. All Joker wanted was the ball. And then Joker gave him a shove. I think it's crazy that Nicola got technical foul in that situation. He's going to get the ball. Some fan is holding on to the ball like he wants to be a part of the game. Just give the ball up, man. Whoever it is, and he's a fan. He cannot influence the game by holding the ball. He got us a point. <laughs> he, did, he did his job. He did his job over there. He, he flopped. Um. <laughs> he flopped. <laughs> 
Now, I know there were fans that were actually suspended because of this incident as well, but they're referring to the Suns owner as a fan, right? In those sound bites, Joe? And, they are, I mean, yeah. They're taking a shot a, at him. Right. I mean, just a fan, right? <laughs> In fairness, like, the man owns the team. I heard Keyshawn Johnson, and I'm not defending anything that the Suns owner did. I heard Keyshawn Johnson saying, owners shouldn't even be allowed to sit courtside. I'm thinking... The hell you will tell me I can't sit courtside if I pay billions of dollars to work for a team. Get right. out of here, Key. <laughs> what are we talking about? He so, owns the team. I love everything about this this story. I love everything about this story. Most importantly, the fact that there's no suspension being handed down to Nikola Jokic. Let's just use our heads. So often we don't do that. So often we do not let common sense prevail. The series is 2-1 in Phoenix. Phoenix is looking to even up the series. It has been a closely contested series. You have a lot of star power out there. Crowds going nuts. Key moments in the game. Fans, owners, whoever they are, they are right on top of the playing surface. This is unlike it in any other sport. You do not get that close to the action like you do in the NBA. Ball goes out of bounds. People aren't necessarily thinking rationally. Owners holding onto the ball. Jokic gives them a shove. No one gets hurt. No harm. No foul, no reason to hand down any technicals, no reason to do anything, to punish anybody, to do any of it. It was just good, clean playoff basketball. The owner even comes out later and says flat out, I don't think he should be suspended. And I love that fact too. So everything about this to me is just a fun, competitive storyline. There is no reason to read too deeply into it and to start trying to hand down punishments that have no place in the game. You want Jokic in this series. He dropped a 50-burger in that loss last night. He's been incredible. This series has been fantastic. What you don't want is players thinking it's okay to shove owners, though, because I also agree with you. In that spot, I don't think that this series should be determined by Jokic being suspended because of this incident. The owner did have the ball in his hand. Jokic was originally just trying to get the ball back because, you know, he needs the ball to play basketball. That's kind of how it works. And the Suns owner wasn't giving it back. And so Jokic, out of frustration, he ends up pushing the owner just a little bit. The owner does a beautiful job with the flopping. You can tell the owner used to be a hooper himself with how good that flopping was. He (laughs) flops all the way back. It costs Jokic $25,000. And I think really the $25,000 is this is a sport that's unusual. We do have fans and owners right on top of these players at courtside, we cannot allow the players to think it's okay, no matter what the situation is in terms of their frustration or how justifiable it may kind of seem on the outside looking in, we can't allow that contact to exist. And so they felt the need to uh, fine Jokic, but not suspend Jokic. I think that's the right move. I think both of those things are the right move. I think you fine them so that you send the message all right, we can't be pushing owners no matter what. Okay, we can't make contact with civilians. But then also, you can't let the series be determined by this incident that was initiated by the owner himself. The owner moves fast. He took control of the Suns on February 7th. He got into a fight with the two-time MVP 89 days later. Think and about that turnaround. for Kevin Durant in there as well. <laughs> 89 days later. Later, Mayweather and Pacquiao took like 10 years to get together. They were past their prime and Pacquiao was hurt. This guy went toe-to-toe with Jokic in 89 days. That is fantastic. Mark Cuban better watch out. He might not be the most, you know, eclectic, hot-headed courtside owner in the NBA anymore after this. 
Well, and that's exactly how people are seeing the Suns owner, right? He's all flash. He comes in. He's putting himself right there in the midst of the action. He's making himself the story. People hate those kind of owners in sports. I'm fine with it. I'm here for it. But we do it to Jerry Jones. We do it to Mark Cuban. And it's one of those things in sports where you want your owners I guess the old adage is you want them behind the scenes and you want them silent, right? You don't really want to know about your owner. If I was owning a team, if I spent billions of dollars on a team, Joe, billions with a B, I'm, I'm making myself more of the story. I got to be honest. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm grabbing the ball and not giving it back to Jokic or getting into a physical conf- uh, confrontation, but I'm definitely sitting courtside and making myself more known. I'm not hiding. I'm not hiding. I've always said if I was an owner, I'd be just like Jerry Jones. I'd be in charge of all personnel decisions. I don't care if you don't like how I'm running the team. Go buy your own team. Right. This is my fantasy football team. It's so true. It is. It's just playing out your fantasy football fantasies, but in real life, because you can, because you can afford to actually do that when everybody else cannot. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, huge game four in Los Angeles tonight. We will get into the Lakers Warrior series. That's next on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 